Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our famous podcast. And again, I had the great pleasure today of having Victoria Clooney as my co-host. So, Victoria, what are you expecting from Monica Jasek? Well, just the sheer fact that she has four children alone, I'm dying to know how she manages it all. I have one and I can barely keep on top of things. So that is going to be one of the top questions in my mind. All right. Well, then let's not take any more time and let's go find out how Monica Jasek does it. Let's do it. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Well, hello, everybody. So today we have two, I, I'm, I'm looking at my screen here with two really, really wonderful women who have a lot of things in common. We'll find out what that is over the next 30 minutes. So welcome, Monica Jensik, and welcome, Victoria Cooney as the co-host. Hi, thank you, Danielle. Welcome, Monica. I'm going to start out by reading a little bit about Monica and explaining and introducing her to the audience. Monica, she's a wife, a proud mother of four, wonderful yet expensive, her words, children. And after completion of her master's in teaching and birth of her eldest son, instead of pursuing a career in education, Monica chose to stay home with her growing family, sacrificing income of a full-time wage. To achieve this goal, Monica put her finances to the forefront and was determined to learn how money worked in order to achieve immediate and long-term savings goals for her family. After years of following traditional financial planning advice and then the events of 20, 2008, Monica realized that she and her husband Vaughn needed to do something different. And I cannot wait to hear what that was. All right. So take us back to 2008, Monica. Oh my gosh, that's, that's, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, both of you. It's always great to see you and, and Victoria, I'm so excited to, to meet you. So thanks for having me on your amazing podcast. 2008 seems so long ago since we're going into 2023, but yeah, 2008 really as as everyone recalls, it was, it was pretty much a pretty big drop in, in a lot of our finances and in, in the market and the housing crisis in the U.S. really affected us in in Canada. And I was still a mom. I think we only had two children then. And we were really, I was staying, I've been staying at home, being a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years at that point, and just had two young kids. And like I, like Victoria was saying, I really was putting finances to the forefront and figuring out how money works and trying to afford being home, trying to afford to live on one salary and really following the traditional financial planning to steward our money wisely, following traditional financial planning advice, which really is that set it and forget it approach that we're often given. And I think the only questions they ever asked us when we invested in mutual funds was, what's your risk tolerance, low, medium, or high? Mm-hmm. And I remember that. <laughs> After that, and I was just set it and forget it. Like I never heard from anyone. I read statements in the mail every quarter. I didn't know what it meant, but I did know what negative signs meant. <laughs> and in 2008, there were some negative signs. And that was really frustrating for me because I was really doing what society has told me to do, 
to help my family move ahead. And this is their RESP money. This is our retirement money. These were all of our savings by doing things, setting our little 10% aside and just kind of crossing our fingers and hoping it would grow and really believing it would. It will be okay if we go through these motions that society tells you to go through. And guess what? It, it wasn't okay. Okay, so it wasn't okay. Then obviously you took the bull by the horns and you changed the direction. So what did you do? Well, we invested in real estate. <laughs> that was really the, the, we knew we had to do something different. Okay. And what kind of real estate was that? Like, so what was the first property that you invested in and, and what made you decide to do that one? Well, we read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I love so much. <laughs> yes, it's just, it's such a great book. And it really kind of showed us how finances really work. And kind of we did a total tailspin on our financial literacy. No, I realized we had it all backwards. And there was another way to, to invest, which is really exciting. And he loves real estate. And so I thought, you know, let's, let's try to start investing in real estate. But it always felt so unachievable. It felt like real estate. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't feel like we had any extra money. I felt that, like it was reserved for the ultra wealthy. And I also felt like we had to buy the house next door. And I didn't even really know how mortgages worked at that time. I felt like you almost had to pay for the house outright. And so there was just no financial literacy there, even though we had a mortgage and we were mortgage, you know, in, like we were paying a mortgage every month in our primary. It was different because we were really trying to actually pay that off. So when we, when we started investing, the, the, the secret that really got us going and where we, where we achieved our money was the one good thing in the financial planner did do for us when he did rear his head from time to time, which was not very often, was he introduced us to Manulife One. Okay. And this is when that, this is how old we are. This is when that just came out. There was only like the consolidation mortgage, all in one account, was only offered by Man One. I know all the banks offer these different programs now and HELOCs are still coming. This is like the dinosaur age where they were the first ones out of the gate and it was a really revolutionary concept. And this was what we used. So then for, because we ha we live in a pretty expensive area. So we had a lot of equity in our home that we didn't know. And I think this is where people, you know, get things wrong is they don't realize they really are richer than they think. Mm -hmm. And so with that money, then we were able to use that as down payment money to start buying properties. And we had no education at this point, no guidance except for reading a book. So we gravitated towards something that was familiar to us for our very first property. And that was a ski rental condo in Blue Mountain. Wow, love that area. <laughs> Me too. And what <laughs> year was that? Oh, this would have been like in 2010. Okay, so, so I mean, it's blown up. For sure now, so that I'm sure. Yeah, well, it's always been a, a really popular area. And, you know, I was familiar with it because I grew up skiing in that area. And so it felt really felt safe and close to home. And I also could rent it out and use it. So I told myself all these stories to make myself feel better about it. You know, so and it wasn't a horrible price. And we did add value to the property. We fixed it up. But. We didn't, we use our own money to fix it up, you know, and we didn't know how to do burrs or how to refi or do any of that. So we're doing a lot of our own money. And we also didn't really know about condo fees mm -hmm. and the facts that the condo fees were surpassing the mortgage. That wasn't truly really that great. 
And then we also didn't know about shoulder season that happened in vacation rentals. And we also didn't know what it's like to sit in your own place and see money fly out the door because you could be renting this out to someone else and you're not. (laughs) So there's a lot of different sort of emotions going through it. And we did end up selling that property. And it actually took us two years to sell that property as well. No, for probably all the reasons I just stated right now, there's a lot of them available. And and so what seemed to be a really great deal really wasn't that great of a deal, but we didn't lose money, which is the, the good part. I think we, we kind of came out and sort of broke even and really kind of learned a lot of lessons along the way. And by the time we sold that property, we were really into it because after that property, and Daniel will tell you this, he probably told you this already. We used to buy a lot in Northern Ontario. Okay. And so our second property <laughs> was in Timmins, Ontario. And everyone, every time people still ask today, they're like, are you still investing in Timmins? I tell them, no, this is bad. Do not invest there. And so, what cheap Timmins then in the first place? Well, this is kind of funny too. My mother is actually originally from Chimitz. So once again, there's a little bit of familiarity there. But it really was the fact that it was such a low price point and the rents were so high. And Vaughn is from a remote living town in Australia. And we lived that for so many years. When we had our first son there, when we were renters there. Oh my goodness. Like to go to the store and and make a sandwich, buy some for sandwiches, like $35. My little sandwich meter. It was just insanely expensive there. And the rents were just really high because it's very remote, right? There's not many places to live. So I was buying $40,000 homes and renting them out for $1,000. These are $6,000 down payments. Wow. And I'm getting cash flow of like over five dollars $600 in my pocket a month from little single family easy homes, picking them up like hotcakes. And then converting that model into apartment buildings. And I thought that I've selected an area with strong economic fundamentals because this really is the best part in the Northern Ontario or one of them to invest. There was a lot of industry at that time in regards to mining. There was transportation. And the government was really supporting the ring of fire at that time. And all roads were leading north. Well, when the government changed, all those roads were not leading north. And mines shut down. Jobs were lost. People didn't need places to live. So property management, I wasn't so convenient to our real estate agents there anymore because I wasn't buying properties as much. And property management wasn't really keen to help me because they were frustrated because they had so many vacant units. So they had to fill them with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard to, to sort of manage from a distance. And we invested there for a long time. And, you know, we really, really strongly, firmly believe in that market. And, but finally, I'm proud to say I am 120% out of that market. Finally, and we had a lot of properties. I used to, I was pretty much the mayor of Timmet. <laughs> we own the whole city. But it was really bad. But yeah, so that was, that was our second lesson really in real estate investing. I would buy Blue Mountain ski chalets all day long day, before, all day. before buying those properties anymore in Timon. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, just want to take a quick moment here and introduce you to Private Money for Mortgages, which is a mortgage brokerage 
And the great thing about private money for mortgages is if you are looking to do a flip or a burr or something that requires a little bit more work where you might not get traditional bank financing, a great opportunity to still acquire that property is with private money. So private money is going to be at some point in your journey a necessary tool for you or maybe somebody that you know, another investor to build your portfolio and knowledge is key. You can book a discovery call with Susan and her team to learn why, how, and when to use private mortgages in your real estate journey. You can visit their website, which is privatemoneyformortgages.com. And there's a free guide to private mortgages that you can get there. And also Susan can help you with a vetting process. So when you are looking at properties, whether it's a flip property or a burr property, they can assist you with finding different financing options for these types of purchases. And again, it could come with a higher cost. Most likely it will because it's private money, but if it is executed properly with a proper exit, that is going to be key. So again, private money for mortgages, which is the number four com and now back to the show and now back to the show so i i absolutely love your transparency there's so much like you know you said the, the key word that lesson learned because every situation we build on that and our skills and experience develop from the mistakes and the lessons that we learn and we only become stronger so what are you investing in now I know you're in the U.S., in Europe, Australia, Canada. So are you focused in different markets all over or are you focused in like one now? So we have like when as business owners and real estate investors, we have like a global community in which we're spreading real estate education. We have 30 chapters throughout Canada, the U.S., U.K., and Australia. And we work with different experts in each area to help those people in those areas. So Vaughn and I spend most of our time, we'll have our personal portfolio that we're growing for us, for our family, our needs. And then we also have our, and, that, and we manage obviously. And then we have our portfolio with our joint venture partners where we can do larger projects and help them get a better return of, on their investment. And then we obviously spend time managing those. So for our own personal portfolio, and they're always right now, we only focus on high growth areas. With all the economic fundamentals, we do not chase low-priced homes. That's not no longer an indicator. I don't look for good on paper deals. I don't look for cash cows or any of that stuff. I mean, it's great if that happens, but what we really look for are strong areas with really great growth potential and development that we can take advantage of. Obviously, for ourselves, I can be cash flow neutral. When you have joint ventures, you got to turn out some sort of return or some sort of income for them because they're not going to stay in your deals for a long time. That's but right. we're all about the area and what works in that area. So we know that we can really, in, this, in today's market, we have to have a plan A, B, C, D, and E. <laughs> so, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we always are going, people always are going to need a place to live. So where do people want to live? And where do they need to live? And that's the biggest key indicator. So I just bought a property recently because when everything was sky high, we offloaded a huge amount of our portfolio. And I was amazed. And a lot of people at RPI Education did the same. They either added on to their existing portfolio by building on that property or we all sold. And we were selling stuff for insane prices because we knew in some of these areas, it really wasn't worth that. And that goes back to 
like the Warren Buffett principle, you know, like, yes, yes, buy low, sell high. This is like 101. But we are also what we were doing is because all of our other properties that we're holding were so high and had so much value at that time. We're like, okay, so you tell me my house is worth this. Okay, I'll take a million dollar HELOC. Thank you. You know, and getting all these sort of things ready for this. So now when things are going down low, we are ready to buy. And we found some great deals. The prices have been really funny because they haven't appeared to drop. But I mean, in the last few months alone, we've we bought two properties in Markham, Ontario, Mm -hmm. which is where I currently live. One's a flip joint ventures. And then one is a duplex that we've actually are living, renting, renting out both units, which is fantastic. We bought property in downtown Toronto for way below fair market value. We're just putting some lipstick, refining that. I know rates suck now, but this is 100% leveraged properties that yeah. we're able to pay back. Bought something in downtown Calgary. So these are all really like Calgary is a really great market people could be getting into. So they're really just these high growth markets. So when I'm looking for properties, I'm looking and it's been really enjoyable doing stuff for our own portfolio close to home. So for our buy rent whole portfolio, I love to have it home. I'm also building 27 homes in Florida right now. And so that would be an example of more a development that we're doing. We have a team out there. We have boots on the ground. We have some investment partners that we're working with. And that's really exciting too. And those homes are actually almost built, which is exciting. We're going to be doing pre-construction flips on these homes, which is great because we partnered with a builder who built at cost because we were able to build multiple homes. Mm -hmm. And the funny part is like, we were just testing this out. We said, maybe we would try five homes. And then we got 27 commitment. Oh, gosh. So it was really neat, you know, and we're really excited about that market. We feel that this is a really high growth market as well. And the interest rates have been increasing in the U.S. and the flip thing model doesn't work. We'd simply do the refinance. And yes, it's going to be a high interest rate, but not as high as what the private has to pay. That's right. And then have them as the whole because it's an area that would have that 2% rule. So once again, as long as you guys are in great areas, like high growth areas, and you're able to hold these properties for, for a certain period of time, you're going to be okay. Because eventually the interest rates will come down. And then once again, the prices are going to skyrocket. So I think what everyone really needs to be focusing on right now is just buying right and making that money when you buy. When we bought these properties in Markham, I made about, there's about $300,000 in the buy when I made that property. Yeah. And that's, everyone's how did you find that market? Well, if you're looking, if you know what you're looking for, you know how to find for deal, the deals, it can be achieved. You just have to know how to do it and be very disciplined and, and committed to, to know what you're looking for. And I can really appreciate your strategic approach with the market cycle and how you know when the right time to buy, when the right time to sell. And that understanding is so key for investors and often the most challenging when new investors come into the market to understand, you know, how they should be looking at it. Because right now, a lot of people would just be worried about the interest rates, but you're already thinking two, three steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the key that I'm hearing from you right now. Yeah. And the interest rates are super scary, by the way, too. Um, I know it's very distressing and it's it's a huge concern and people really have to pay attention to that, especially if it's in their own home and their home is not an asset, it's a liability. They really have to pay attention, you know, to that. But there there comes a time really where, you know, you have to really kind of just, you know, have faith in your investments 
or just really think to yourself, what is the best and highest purpose and usage for this investment that I can get through these next couple of years? So I know it's it's going to be a tough time for for some people, but there's also some really exciting opportunities for investors. And I think 2023 is going to be a great year. And I can't wait to actually start solving this housing crisis and helping people be able to afford to to afford these homes because people still need places you know, to live. That's why they're having that huge campaign out now, the More Houses Built campaign, because we need housing in Ontario. And it doesn't mean you have to build it on the green belt. There's a lot of conversion opportunities. And, yes. you know, and, and that's really what we're going to be focusing on in 2023 is doing some small family developments in these high growth areas with these built-in mortgage shelters that can actually help families or where we live, a lot of people I live with in-laws, so sometimes two families are on the mortgage. But how can we help these people be able to qualify for these mortgages? Because not only are the interest rates going up, it's the qualification is even more difficult for them. Yeah. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you have a message that you would like to reach a captive audience of thousands of real estate investing folks people with? then you should be sponsoring the Right Club podcast. We currently have some pre-roll and mid-roll spots on our weekly podcast, which is consistently in the top 100 Canadian podcasts for business and investing, and in the top 1.5% of all podcasts globally, according to Listen Notes. Our audience wants to hear from you. Edison Research found that 67% of podcast listeners enjoy hearing the ads, compared with just 6% for TV and radio. The WARC report said that 78% of listeners are comfortable with hearing ads on podcasts to support non-paid content. To find out more about availability and pricing, get in touch with Catherine Nelson-Riley, Operations Manager, Catherine, therightclub.com. Before we get to your book, which, by the way, is I recommend people read and also RPI, I, w- I want to shift a little bit because I want to bring up two points that you've made so far. And I want you to elaborate a little bit on that. The first, the first point that you made is that you had no education. You didn't know what you were doing. And yet here you are today. So what do you say out there to people out there who are listening to this and who are illiterate in terms of mortgages, real estate, refinancing, all that kind of stuff? What, what do you want to say to them? I would like to tell them to sign up for the Wealth Immersion Program that we've created. So <laughs> what we've done is we've created a program that really outlines real estate investing is so much more than just buying and selling homes. And wealth building, because we really are wealth builders as well, and show people how to build wealth through real estate. There's all sorts of other concepts that people have to know. So we created something called this Wealth Immersion Program that walks people through seven keys towards wealth building. And so real estate is only one of them. The other ones would be strategic mortgage, like strategic financing, like understanding how mortgages work, learning about passive investments and how to self-direct registered funds, learning about insurance, taxes, how not to lose all your money in taxes, incorporating, and estate planning. Mm-hmm. And these are all things because real estate is the, is the most expensive purchase that anyone is ever going to make. And when you buy something of great value, there's a lot to be considered, especially if you are already a working person. So people are already working and they're not buying their properties properly. You know, they really could be setting themselves up to actually be losing money, sort of increasing liabilities and not maximizing this wonderful asset 
that they purchase do all it can do. So that's what I, that's what we're really trying to spread the word at RPI education is really just pushing all these different wealth secrets for people and these, these seven keys to wealth. And we're hoping that this wealth immersion program will be an excellent resource that members can actually use. And there's tons of videos and information, worksheets, whatever they can do on their own time to go through. But then we also have access to the community as well. Where people can jump on stuff like group coaching and then we have live coaching sessions and our experts across the globe are all there just having great conversation every other week so that that danielle is what we're really kind of looking to do with the financial literacy and i was speaking in a school last week because that's what i do with a lot of my time is i will volunteer for financial literacy programs and they had me at this one school last week which is amazing and i was actually gifting the program to the all the students Wow. In the grade 11 and the grade 12 and and they were just really thrilled so there are it's never too young to really you know start learning and it's also never too old to start learning the thing about real estate and you said we made a lot of mistakes is you have two choices if you want to start investing in real estate you can either go and do it on your own the way and learn go youtube it and read and just go for it but you're going to make mistakes and that's okay because if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying. But there's another way. Another way is you can use your resources. You can get a mentor coaching or get people who have actually done that, been there. And someone can just look at you and say, what are you trying to achieve? Well, why don't you just try this? And then you're like, okay, and use all these people. And then it's just like, all right, that was a lot easier. And I'm going to minimize my mistakes. Probably quite cost effective at the end. Yes. It, well, it really, really is. It really, really is. And I think people are just so scared about listening to others or being ripped off or, you know, part of a community might some assign a weakness almost because they're scared. There's a lot of, you know, scary things happening out there. But you know, and I know that a wise man learns from their mistakes, but a genius learns from the mistakes of others. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why we wrote Real Estate Mistakes. And we'll get to your book in a, in a minute. Yeah. Or- yeah, so so you, so your your group, the Right Club, have a lot in common in the sense that you you're teaching build how to build wealth through real estate, and our motto is basically customize your life. So we want to show people how to get to the point where they don't need a job, where they can have the time, the financial freedom, and at the, at the time freedom to do whatever they want with their life, customize their life. So we we are in sync here now. So. All right, so that was the answer to people who say, well, I don't know what to do here. I don't have any knowledge about that. Okay. Now, what about the, the ladies, or the women out there who have a kid or two and who are saying, well, I can't do that. I've got two kids. I'm staying at home. What do you want to say to these ladies? Because obviously you've done it. Well, I have four kids, so there you go. <laughs> What's the angle? I think kids are a real reason to do it because I, when I started doing it, I was doing it for my kids. And I really want their, I want to help alleviate their financial, you know, responsibilities as well. I want to teach them, obviously, how to be strong, how to make money. But also, I wanted to help them out. So paying for their university education was absolutely huge to me. And we're actually doing that right now. Our first son has gone off to school. So we actually had the first year. And the RESP amount, by the way, that we saved, see, we self-directed all the other kids' stuff into like private market funds and all these great things. 
But for our, old, our eldest, we, because Bon was, was working until he was 40 and it was in a group fund. So for our eldest, he did not, oh, sorry, no, it was because when they hit 15, you can't do much with it. And he's, he's 18 now, turning 19. So his was in the traditional funds, the ones, and it was spent in the first semester. So all the savings from when he was like two or three, every month up to like, I think they let you contribute to around 18 or something. It was spent in wow for first semester. Yes. So question here. You are a mom of four kids. You had four kids. When I used to go to your meeting events there, you the slide that would show up as we started the evening was you and Yvonne and the four kids there on, on the porch of the house. How do you, how how did you find the time? The inspiration, the energy to go from working to staying at home with two, three, four kids to build what you build. How, how do you do it? Well, we had to do it. We didn't have a choice because the other choice was for me to go to work full time. So, and I would be away from them anyways. So when I realized really I was the financial plan and that if we wanted to ever retire or we ever wanted our kids to help them out, go to school, be homeowners, do any of that, that it requires two six-figure salaries, that ticked me off. I didn't like that. I just thought that, what kind of society do we live in? And it really just motivated me to do something different. And as we started doing something different, other people started watching and they wanted to learn how to do that as well. And so I think even though it takes the same amount of time and effort just to go to a job and work for someone else, why not take that time to learn something new and get your money working for you so you're not always trading time for money. Right. Victoria, you must have something to say about that because you yourself are a mom. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it resonates so much with me just as a mother. I remember when my son was, I, I, let, I finished my maternity leave and I actually ended up going to school. I was in the middle of university. So I had one more year of school, but I just remember thinking so much about wishing that I could be home because it, it really does change when you go from having no children to then having children and then realizing what that feels like to get separated from them. And I couldn't imagine at the point of four children, you bring in the cost of childcare. And so I think that I'm sure there are many, many people right now, parents that are wishing that they could spend more time at home and with their kids. And so as a starting point, what would you suggest to them? Because they're probably sitting there thinking, I don't have the funds to get into real estate. I don't have the time to research it. And so maybe they've got that blockage on mentorship, but how would you speak to them and address those concerns? Because I'm sure you've, you've heard them all. Yes. No, I love that was really well said. And it's really is true yes. that the reason like they'll say 90% of the world's millionaires invest in real estate, all 6% of the population invest in real estate. And the three reasons why is time, money, and knowledge. And so people really need to, to do something different. You have to have massive pain in order to take massive action. Mm -hmm. My pain too was very similar to yours too. I knew what it was like to be separated because when I was finishing that master's degree, I had to put my eight month old in daycare and for 12 weeks. And I actually was getting so much pain, physical pain, ulcer, stomach ulcer pain. And that really led to make that decision. I remember what that pain felt like yeah. whenever I, I, it got too much or money got tight. That's why we wanted to find another way. So with these people who are looking and they have parents, they have time, they're working all the time. This is the sort of stuff we offer at RPI Education. Yes, you have to take the time to do it, but why not just take the time to get pretty much 
an analysis on your current situation and a personalized solution, someone telling you with a supportive community there to hold your hand while you're actually going through it because it's fluid. It doesn't just end. You don't just buy a property and then and then it ends and you're on your own. Then there's all sorts of different you know, things you have to do after. And you also have to keep going and your situation changes. You might have another kid or, you know, you might leave your job entirely. So it really is important that everyone has, you know, a really strong financial advisor that's achieved this time, money, freedom in their life and is able to give them that support and advice and show them how to do it because you're not going to get any more time. Figuring this out on your own is going to take so much time. And if you already have kids and you're already working full time, you probably have very little time. Mm-hmm. The money, you're probably richer than you think once you learn how to self-direct registered funds. So many people have money in their registered funds, their TFSA, you know, their RESPs. They don't even know that they have access to that. Never mind their primary residence. They don't know how to access equity out of that. They're, they're thinking that I should pay down my mortgage. And a lot of them, most people at RPI education that come have no mortgage because they've been taught that you <laughs> should not have a mortgage. Yeah. And so there's a lot of ways to get to get money. And if you don't have any money, then another thing, too, is to get the knowledge that you need. And then you can actually go out and do it. Now, with I am very careful with this whole OPM and other people's money, because what I normally promote personally is you need to do it first on your own before to, you need your, you need to, to have a proven model. So there's different ways people could do that. They could either be a passive joint venture and learn through it and grow their own money that way while they're learning the process. And then at least they have that experience that they can go back and say, I want to do this again. This time I want to be an active partner and I know how this works because I've already been in that other position. Or maybe they go and get private money and yeah, it kind of sucks, it hurts, whatever. But at least they've done it. I'm very big on people solidifying their real estate model before going out money from others. I mean, the experience is so key that you can go through because there it won't be smooth. It doesn't matter what the deal is. There's always going to be some type of problem that needs to get solved. And so unless you're actually in it, you won't be able to really realize what it takes to get through that. So I think that's amazing. Danielle, yeah. you had something? Yeah, I was going to say, and, and at some point there while you're trying, you're going to make some mistakes. You have a copy of your book there handy that you can show people? I do. Speaking yes. of mistakes, real estate mistakes, our mistakes, your success. I think it's funny out of the background. Now, fun news, which I saved just for you, Danielle, is this is actually coming out. It's newly released edition. This was written six years ago. And so we have a new release edition. So it actually has a new cover. So I could definitely send you a copy of that too. It's a little more fun. And real estate mistakes part two is coming out in January 6th. It's actually already written. It's about to be published January 6th. So it's an actually, don't worry, guys, like not still making mistakes. It's a how-to book. (laughs) So it's more the how-to encounters the real estate, the real estate mistakes. We're really excited about this, this new, newly released edition. All right. So, Victoria, are we ready for a couple, three questions of the, uh, what we call the lightning round? So we asked you a question. You've got... 28, 30 seconds, whatever comes to your mind. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. My first one here, it will be what in your opinion is the best advice you've ever received from another investor, a book, a seminar? What's the best advice you've ever received? Buy low, sell high. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. Okay. And since you mentioned that you have a, a child in university now, I would like to know if you could tell your 18-year-old self something, what would that be? Buy an infinite banking policy. Ooh. That again? Buy an infinite banking policy. Oh. oh. So my son actually bought himself one. And if I don't know if you guys, if you are into real estate out there, you want to have this policy. You need it with the right company. IB Canada Group, so we we recommend great, amazing company, but you know the premiums aren't too high, but compared to what you get when you're 18 years old, and that's for the rest of your life. Good point. Buy it early. That's great. Yeah, right. he'll have seventy thousand dollars sitting there for him when he's 27 years old, well, ready for a down payment for a house. Is is so, Monica? What is the one thing you wouldn't do again? I would not buy in Timmins. <laughs> okay, okay, come on, let's be fair here. At the time before the mining and everything else, I mean, you were really bragging about Timmins. It was. Well, I actually made a real lot of money in Timmins. <laughs> I did really, really, really well in Timmins. But you know what? I missed it, Daniel. Like, I missed it. Like, I just misjudged the economic fundamentals. It was just, I missed it. And then the key really there. I thought the remote would be, you know, a positive thing. And for many years, you guys have realized I've been doing this for a really long time. I was in that market for, you know, over 10 years. And we made a lot of money in that market. You're right, Daniel. That's all I would do at one time. But, you know, whenever you're looking at an area, you need to have, you know, different sort of points of industry. And do you know what it's like when you, when you have no tenants in your building and finally a new employer comes to town? And you're like, how many people are they employing? And they say six. <sighs> okay, you want places where like 30,000 jobs are coming in, not six. Like, <laughs> that's not going to help you. So, you know, we, we, we hit the mark in certain aspects, but we missed the mark by so much. So, yes, I am grateful we did it. But now I'm just teasing when I say. <laughs> Wouldn't do it again. No, I would not do it again. Okay, so Tim is not. I will give you the honor of the last question there, Victoria. Okay, I would love to know what is the attribute that you would consider has made you successful today? Perseverance, mm, for sure. Don't ever give up. Just always persevere and stay in the present moment and break it down into bite-sized chunks. The other day I was driving in that fog. You know, we had that crazy fog the other day. And you start to pan it. And then I realized you only need to see five feet ahead. Yeah. So if you yeah. just 
Lonely, look five feet ahead and keep going. You're going to be okay. It's so important to remember that in the moment. It's difficult when you're in the moment of, of stress and challenge. But if you can keep that in the back of your mind while you're going through it, it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but it just helps you keep taking those steps. So that's a great answer. Yeah. So Monica, thank you so very much for your time. You're, you're a coach, you're a teacher, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a, all of these things, a professional real estate investor, and you still found the time to give us 30 minutes of your precious time to share your wisdom with other people's listeners. Thank you so, so very much for being part of our podcast series. And thank you so much for having me. I think this was a lot of fun. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Monica. Woohoo! Well, that's a busy lady. Yes. So, Victoria, thoughts? Oh, my gosh. First off, very well spoken. I really appreciated just, you know, how she explained everything and also how giving she was about mistakes that she made. Because I think sometimes a lot of investors try to sugarcoat situations, but Monica was like ruthlessly open about what those mistakes were. And I think that we can learn a lot from her. Well, the fact that they actually wrote a book and there's a second <laughs> a second book coming on mistakes that they've made and, and lesson that they learned. But see, that that's the exact that that's the makeup of a of a teacher. I mean, you, you can show people how to to flip an omelet. But they're probably going to get a lot better result if you show up to do it and they miss it because they'll never make that mistake again. So anyway, that, that, that's, that's what I, I, I know. That's what I learned this afternoon is that even though they had, quote unquote, no education, no knowledge, they didn't even know that you could put a mortgage on a property. Talk about no experience and then made some mistakes. But look at that, where they are today. So folks, once again, we have some, we were very happy that we had Monica as our guest. And please keep watching your inbox on Fridays when we launch a new episode every Friday. In the meantime, you take care. Success in your network. Your last parting words there, Victoria. Have a wonderful week and go out there and take action. All right. Okay. Thanks, folks. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.